This is Alan. This is Brandon. And welcome to D6 Minutes, the short miniature gaming podcast uh, as a sister podcast companion to Dice Over Everything. So what are we talking about today? All right. So on the note of things that we we don't watch a whole lot, because last week we were talking about more historical games. Mm-hmm. We'll start off with possibly something else we don't do a lot, but a lot of miniature gamers are like to do is watch mm-hmm. bat reps of miniature games battle reports for miniature games usually we're thinking popularized by the youtube era yeah so what what do you think makes a good bat rep okay two minutes good because i don't have much to say about this not down the rally um what makes a good well the problem is uh i don't really watch bat reps so um generally they're they're not that good to me what 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 makes it good? First of all, uh, banter. Oh, I'm just making jokes in the middle of, just not just saying exactly what's happened, but like being like, mm-hmm. oh, I just totally cr-, like hyping. Yeah. Up. Having energy, hype, and banter, I think, is the most important thing. Uh, it I feel like it's like you know, you know, battle reports are basically the miniatures version of um, let's plays which are all the rage, you know, we have an entire huge platform called Twitch mm-hmm. and literal stars, not stars, but like celebrities, minor celebrities who have like tens of thousands of people watch them uh, play video games or, and, or sleep apparently, like you said a while ago. Yeah. Uh, people out there who, who schedule snap streams. It's, it's a weird place. Anyway. Hey so- man, if you can monetize napping, why the hell wouldn't you? So, so I think video bat reps are the same thing. except for people that are into miniatures. Right. And the important part is literally the person and being personable and interesting to watch. Okay. So unfortunately, so if you are, if you have a very uh, insular and I was going to say boring, but, personality but that's not not quite it it's um not interesting to not interact with which is boring mm-hmm. no, you don't <laughs> think understand. about some other way to say boring but nicer then you're not going to be able to create a good bat rep but you have a restrained personality there you go yes if you have a very quiet personality um yeah so then it's not going to work on stage right yeah, well, I've got maybe 20 seconds left for this thing we don't know anything about. So I guess the big difference in what type of bat reps you can have is there's video ones and then there's the audio ones. And I prefer audio ones because I want to paint at the same time. Oh, uh, you're going to say good looking? <laughs> oh, yeah, I could do Yeah, that's, We could do audio ones, but we would not be doing video ones. But the video ones, I find the shorter they keep them better, like don't show the whole game. They've got to do editing, which is a lot of work. Anyways, that was our two minutes. Yeah. I'll just say I disagree. All right. All right. So next one. So I'm going to do one. Um, So in our miniature game, we've entered in a card mechanic where uh, you use that as a resource. So most of the stuff is dice, but you have this card mechanic where you you draw cards and they have abilities. Uh, Do you think that how do you think that's a barrier to actually playing the game? Have these cards, or do you think do you think it should be you should be able to use cards from a normal deck of cards? 
do you, how do you, much of a barrier is special cards to a miniatures game? Uh-huh. Five minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we've talked before about what games have cards or a mechanic and what don't. So yeah. right and I mentioned that I don't like it as a general resolver. I like dice. Um, but Oh, you're talking about card, like a deck of cards, like Malifaux style, where your outcome is like a game of war where you draw the cards? Or no, you just in about, general cards. Stat cards. It could be both. It could be any. Okay. But as a because I'm talking about barrier to actual gameplay. What I'm thinking is like, do you feel like I've, I've talked to a bunch of people, right? And, and over time, and some people like the stat cards, right? And we talked about X-Wing where, you know, it's just stat cards, but it becomes a barrier to playing because you have to have this upgrade card for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally just text, right? You don't even play the card. And yet people will buy um, a giant miniature a hundred dollar miniature or maybe a 50 or 70 dollar miniature to get a little card that it comes with to put onto their other ships which is literally just a stat card yeah like war machine hordes and then even malifo have finally moved beyond that where they'll just let you download your cards even arena rex lets you download your cards like it becomes so incredibly annoying where it's a barrier to entry that maybe you lost your card or you bought a miniature off someone that's useless on the board because you don't have the card Mm-hmm. And stops them from changing the rules if they don't just make them available online. Mm-hmm. So if if they make the card like a mandatory product they sell and they don't give you any other way mm-hmm. to access it, like maybe they have an army builder where you can get the cards or something, mm-hmm. then it's a, it's a it becomes a really annoying barrier. I think it's a problem for the game. Uh-huh. But if they let you like, so the thing is with. The cards, I find they don't mesh well with army builders because often you're trying to mark things on the cards, which I like as a mechanic. So let's say you've got things that can take, like, if you're going to take war a machine, deep, like, like war machine where things have a lot of wounds, 30 boxes, you, have, yeah. you might have 30 boxes on something. Tracking that with dice becomes an issue. Same thing like Drop Fleet Commander where you have may have like 20 damage boxes and lots of ships and they move around a lot. Mm-hmm. and they're close together you're not going to want to track it with dice so as a damage mm-hmm. tracking mechanic i really like cards mm-hmm. but if you've got low wound counts or if you've got loads too many models to like be able to put all the cards down mm-hmm. then cards i think start to become a real hindrance yeah for playing in terms of war machine having all those cards laid out was super pain in the ass because your army started getting too big and you literally couldn't lay out all your cards on your board edge and it's a four foot board edge yeah, I put my cards in top loaders and they would be four feet wide of top loaders. Yeah. So then you're like, oh, I, I'm so glad that I brought these one one wound models so that I don't have to have a card laid out. I could just leave that in a stack. It just mm-hmm. becomes a problem. But then you have also the other things. Um, so you have stat cards, right? Which is an, an issue. And I and, and this even happened recently with Warcry, um, the Games Workshop game. Mm-hmm. Um, they originally released all of these uh, model stat cards uh, in a deck of cards. And then recently they started releasing them in books because I guess, I don't know, it's more accessible or something, right? Um, and I don't know, I, I, I read online somewhere that, or, or watched, I don't know, some video where people were complaining about, oh, I hated those stat cards. You have to go buy them and find out just to, to, to get your, your characters. I'd rather have it just in a book. It's a lot easier to, to take a hold of and then just build your army and then play with it. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like 
Does that ring true to you? So it depends how many abilities the guys have. If they have so many abilities, uh-huh. you can't memorize them all. Let's say like Malfo or War Machine, uh-huh. where the barrier to memorizing things is so high that you're going to have to flip through the book even after you become like moderately experienced. Like, of course, if you, uh-huh. once you become high experience, you memorize everything. Mm-hmm. But for the average player, if they've got to keep opening a book to play the game, mm-hmm. I think you might want cards. That's fair. So It's just like literally reference sheets. Yep, that you can take out and bring your small number of reference sheets. How about cards that you actually have to play? Like in our game, we have that. Now there's only 10 cards. So you literally, the way I was thinking about it is it, it maps to, you can just use a deck of cards and then it, it, you can map them to, you know, one to 10, right? Yeah, and I guess the Warhammer. But it's the same thing. Yeah. As decks you build beforehand. But I think the thing is that because you, they become more like they're just an asset mm-hmm. card, and you can memorize. Do you think them. that you can print them off though? Like for us, we only have ten abilities. You can literally have a sheet that says one to ten what they map to, and you can have the sheet. Um, but do you think it's how much of a barrier do you think it is that you know you have to um, have a, to print them possibly? Because like, like if you want the the ability on the card, you have to print them. Yeah. Do you think that's a big barrier? Malfo. You're gonna yeah. if you don't buy the cards or if they, you change editions, you're gonna have to print yeah. off new cards. I would say I don't care because I'm willing to put in the effort to print things. Uh-huh. I think for a lot of people, printing cards is a big issue. Uh, I think that makes sense. Like I've already got. You'd have to just go and buy it, right? Like like in what did we say? The other games. The what's the game you mentioned? Uh, Underworlds. Yep. Shadespire. You said Underworlds. I didn't know what you were talking about. Oh, I know nobody uses that name. <laughs> yeah, so Shadespire, and then there's the other one I was thinking about is Song of Ice and Fire. It has cards too. Yep. It's kind of annoying. All right. So the answer is yes, it's a little bit annoying, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's great for set cards. All right. Oh. Next one. Okay. So we were talking about like all the different things you could be making or building as part of doing the hobby. And uh-huh. I was thinking, because one of the next things I actually want to build for terrain is another set of buildings, which is uh, my third set of buildings, maybe fourth, who knows. Uh-huh. What makes or how do you do interiors well on a building? How you actually deal with opening a building? Like what's a good way to deal with okay. that? How do you make interiors work? Yeah. In miniature games, miniature tables. All right, two minutes. There's going to be one more after this. All right. How do you make it work? Uh, the biggest thing is you have to be able to remove the roof. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, remove the roof. Uh, I think that's basically the biggest thing. Okay. I can't really, um, you, the walls cannot be too high because otherwise you can't reach through it. Um, removable roofs. Uh, yeah, so that's really only the only things I think about with the interior. Also, it has to be interesting. It can't just be an empty room. Yeah, so I think too many buildings do fall into that problem where they're deep and they're, they're kind of thin. So you can't even put your hand properly into the building to pull the miniatures out. Mm-hmm. So you kind of want the rooms to be slightly larger just so your hand can get into them. And you might want to raise the floors inside the building compared to outside to get around mm, some of them so that you can actually stand there yeah yeah which technically most most buildings the first floor is not 
level with the ground. No, because otherwise. So technically, fine. that's actually a modeling reality, which is pretty good. Yeah. So totally do that to your buildings with interiors. Mm-hmm. The other thing I was thinking of is if you're going to build a really big building, what do you want to do? And I was considering that because if it has more than one level or if it gets to be too big, removing the roof starts to get messy where you're going to have lots of guys who are going to be fighting on the roof mm-hmm. and possibly to do buildings that sit on the edge of the table. So it's basically there's a cross section of the building potentially. Oh. Rather than just doing your buildings right dead center in the table, if you're going to have like some more intricate building, uh-huh. it as a table edge building. So you know, I think that doesn't necessarily work. Nope. Because it's very hard to measure distances if you have to reach in. It's fine if you're like playing doll's house or something, but mm-hmm. if you're trying to measure six inch movement or oh, this guy is within this range, it becomes very, very hard to do if you can't just hover over on top. It's an mm-hmm. idea though. It's definitely an idea. Yeah, you wouldn't want to make them very deep, but as long or as they you. Because no, you, you're reaching it from the side. This removes yeah, the true. conundrum. It's like, yeah. what do you do with the guys on the roofs and all that? Do you have to do the internal piping then in between floors to model it? Because it has to be like a cross-section. <laughs> We're now getting more complicated here. We're running out of time, so we don't have to get into this. <laughs> all right. What's the last subject? <laughs> all right. We'll see how long this one goes on for. Uh, it doesn't matter, but... This is the last one. We only have one more minute. Yeah. So this is manufacturer okay. specific and okay. another train one. What is your favorite, favorite piece of mantic terrain or sorry, not piece, piece, but favorite like box of mantic terrain. Okay. Six minutes. Holy shit. Okay. Well, the dice <laughs> is spoken. And start it, this the up. maximum amount of time that we could have. All right. Uh-huh. A single one. I have it right above there. I think it's called the Dungeon Master's Box. Oh, so it's not the Dungeon Doors. I thought you were going to go for the Dungeon Doors. Uh, the Dungeon Master's Box. You're talking about one product, not a not not a specific a like pieces. Product, yeah. This this product comes with Dungeon Doors, oh. and it comes with all sorts of different stuff. And it technically even comes with a dragon and a whole bunch of other miniatures. But I bought it basically for all this terrain, right? It's very, very competitively priced. So it's a mm-hmm. super good deal. It comes with doors. It comes with treasure. It comes with like scattered terrain. It comes with bookshelves. It comes with so much stuff. It's such a good deal. And it's like under... And a giant dragon, which I think was ugly. So I just sold it. But like I kept the a lot of the other monsters. Yeah, because it also Great. isn't super expensive. Like at our local game store that sells stuff for MSRP, in yep. Canadian, that one's 110 I think. So and it's like called... 90 bucks American. It's the and Dungeon Master. The Master's. box is pretty nice too. It's the Game Master's Dungeon Starter Set. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Well, we have go... to, I had to go Google this because we have six minutes. So yeah. we need to have more things to talk about in this. So, yeah, it comes to the just, dragon. Just speak more slowly. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's not gonna happen. Anyway, but I didn't. Yeah, so that's my favorite. That that's definitely the best deal I found. So if you if you're a D and D player, I can see that how that would be a good deal. But I don't really like the figures that come in it. Uh, I would see myself doing nothing with them. And the dragon is still a good deal. Pretty big, and I never see myself using the dragon either. Doesn't matter. Still a good deal. It's a good looking dragon. I'm not gonna critique the dragon for being like. I actually like the fantasy heroes. Were pretty good. Oh, okay. So what would you think of using them for? 
because we have six minutes. <laughs> Random fantasy heroes. There's a dwarf. I should go paint that dwarf up. Yeah. There's even a skeleton dwarf. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. That was my three minutes. Now the rest is up to you. <laughs> okay. So I would think, so I, this week from our friendly local Oh, game, wait, wait. It also comes with the doors. Doors are amazing because, you know, you need general doors everywhere and they're, they're, they're nice to model as opposed to, although technically building doors, especially medieval doors, is not too hard. You can do that yourself. That's true. So the doors I bought for doing terrain recently open, but they weren't Mantic. So we don't have to talk about those, but, you know, opening doors, the way to go. That is pretty cool. Yeah. My doors don't open. Yes. All right. I'm trying to find a higher resolution image of this junk. It's not working well. Okay. Doesn't matter. We're not going to show it anyways. That's this is an audio only podcast. Very true. So my favorite one is their town center, which I just okay. ordered this week. And is why. That makes sense. Why, the why you brought this topic up. Yep. Came up. So, this also comes with people. Civilians, right? No, no, it doesn't. It comes with rats. Those are the only living things this one comes with. Okay. So this is must one, be something. This is one of their bigger boxes. Uh huh. As the town center name describes, it's got sort of your market stalls. It's got crates full of things. It's got a horse and buggy. It's got kind of kilns for blacksmiths, gallows, some walls. So if you were doing like, if you had your D and D or oh, even, okay, this is pretty uh, good, yeah. If you're doing something like Frostgrave, where you go to like into a town, but this is like a modern town for Frostgrave. Uh, it's supposed to be no. broken town. I don't, I don't see it being super. Oh yeah, Frostgrave. Okay, Frostgrave's everything's like falling apart and people aren't living there. But if you're going for like an inhabited town, uh, or, yeah, it's a very good inhabited town. Fantasies. It's got your well, like everything you think of like interacting with in a town. Uh-huh. Got all that. Yeah. So, yeah, and even as a horsey, that's cool. Yeah, exactly. So I think on the non D on like an aside, I think for our game or if anyone's doing like D and D scenarios, uh-huh. build your scenarios around like kits of terrain like this, so you're not mm. just trying to like if you're putting like maybe you put your mission out online, people mm-hmm. can be pretty confident that they they go and pick up a box like this, they're gonna have everything they need to play that mission rather than like oh I'm gonna have to go scour like the internet to find all these different pieces. If you base mm. around like these boxes of Mantic terrain, which I think this is one of the better ones up to do that, uh-huh. it, you're going to have like a really cool look to your board. Okay. That's actually a good point. Yeah. As opposed to having a special, I don't know, scenario with a, a 30 foot obelisk or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, the way, doesn't this have one? What is this, this thing? I think that might be a kiln of some sort, like for making bricks. Oh, it would like, yeah, I think it's for making bricks. I'm not 100% certain, but uh-huh. or for pottery, like it's a kiln. Oh, okay, that's cool. Like, yeah, oh, this is a very cool set. Like, oh, do you want to go search here to find an artifact inside of like the, the blacksmith's area? Do you want to like search inside the kiln? I, yeah, I think that's a really good, good point if you're building like scenarios or things like that. If you want the, the things to try to instead of. <laughs> <laughs> modeling what your actual what's in your scenarios to the terrain that you have as opposed to the other way around it's a good point yeah one's easier than the other all right so there was our long talk about our two favorites. yeah we definitely futzed around for a little bit but 
whatever you do what you do we're good at yep all right um if you guys have any questions that you want us to answer just uh give us a shout at uh dice over everything uh a group on facebook or email us at contact at diceovereverything.com yeah love to hear from you this has been alan yeah it's been brandon bye